This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Monday, March 19, 2012. I'm Caleb Brown. Protecting the public through secret laws. The secret interpretations of the Patriot Act used by federal agencies to engage in surveillance likely far exceeds the public understanding of the powers granted. The problem is, how do you enforce a government's overbroad interpretation of the law without the means to challenge it in court? Julian Sanchez, research fellow at the Cato Institute, comments. For more than a year now, Senators Ron Wyden and Mark Udall have been uh, raising a ruckus about what they call a secret Patriot Act. Interpretations by the Justice Department of powers they were granted in the name of fighting terrorism uh, that they think go beyond what an ordinary person would understand to be uh, granted to the government by the Patriot Act. Uh, They have said that the Justice Department has read in particular Section 215 of the Patriot Act, the so-called business record authority, in a way that goes far beyond what a normal person would think they were entitled to do on the basis of this power. As a result of this, civil libertarians have been pushing the Obama administration to release legal opinions, obviously not revealing uh, sensitive, specific operational details of who they're investigating or how precisely, but the broad legal arguments revealing what they think the law gives them the right to do. And reasonable people can, of course, disagree about how much surveillance power the government needs to keep us safe from terrorists. But what I think everyone should be able to agree on is that in a free and democratic society, The people need to have the right to know what the law is, Uh, to know what the law is not just in terms of the law on the page but uh, in terms of what the courts have interpreted that law to mean, how the government itself interprets the law when it's not obvious from the text of the statute itself. Uh, You cannot have a free and accountable society where people can't even have an informed debate about what power the government should have because they don't know what powers the government is asserting. Um, Now, we don't know exactly for sure what this involves, but there is at this point overwhelming circumstantial evidence that this secret interpretation of Section 215 uh, involves probably geolocation tracking, that is the use of uh, cell phones and other uh, mobile digital devices uh, to track the location of targets and possibly more than targets. The reason 215 is such a sensitive and controversial provision is that it's not just about getting information about even suspected terrorists. Uh, There's long-standing authority to wiretap and use all sorts of tools against people there's some evidence to think are terrorists or otherwise uh, working for a foreign government or foreign power. Uh, Section 215 allows broad access to records or really any tangible thing about anyone who is in any way relevant to the investigation. Uh, That means, according to the law, automatically relevant are records pertaining to anyone who has any kind of connection to a target. So if someone is suspected of involvement in al-Qaeda, everyone they've ever had a phone conversation with, uh, their neighbors, uh, you know, essentially everyone they have any kind of contact with is subject to targeting and acquisition of their records under Section 215. in principle, uh, you know, they have to make an argument, but they can go even beyond that. And so if this is about location tracking, that's pretty significant because it does suggest that, um, for example, uh, this sensitive collection program that we know 
involves a se the secret interpretation of Section 215 could involve gathering huge amounts of location data about lots of people to data mine it for, for example, suspicious patterns or to try and figure out uh, who targets are physically meeting with. But again, to do that, you need to gather huge amounts of information, providing, in essence, a virtual map of everywhere uh, that people are going. And that's significant because a recent Supreme Court decision uh, unanimously uh, rejected the government's argument that uh, GPS trackers can be uh, uh, placed on a vehicle without uh, infringing on people's constitutional privacy interests. Uh, that involved physical tracking devices and it involved criminal rather than intelligence surveillance. Um, but it was pretty clear from those opinions that there is at least five and maybe four than five, more than five votes on the Supreme Court um, for the proposition that we do have a Fourth Amendment privacy interest in precise information about our long-term uh, geolocation, our movements and activities over periods of time. Um, so it's pretty significant um, if the way the government has interpreted the Patriot Act is not just to get specific files, but using that in a way uh, that enables broad, uh, long-term location tracking of people who are, again, not necessarily targets of an investigation themselves, not necessarily suspected of any kind of wrongdoing. Um, what's particularly disturbing also is that, one, the Obama administration said more than two years ago that they intended to institute a review process so that significant interpretations of foreign intelligence surveillance laws, uh, FISA and the Patriot Act, um, could be released so that the public would know uh, how the law is being interpreted. Again, not specific things, not what specific criteria are used to target people for surveillance or uh, you know, sensitive operational details that uh, enemies of the United States should, of course, not know, um, but just at the very general level, what legal authorities and what standards the government thinks apply to them. Uh, and that has not borne any fruit. In the two and a half years since that announcement, we haven't seen these opinions come out. And so we don't know. And not only do we not know, but the government is actively fighting attempts by civil liberties groups to get them to disclose what do you think the law says? What do you think the law means? Um, that's partly uh, a disturbing element. Also disturbing is that in response to this, Senators Udall and Wyden sent a letter to the Justice Department uh, saying basically in very forceful terms that on the basis of classified information they'd reviewed, this secret collection program involving Section 215, um, which again probably is about location tracking, um, is not necessarily as effective or vital or necessary as they had previously been led to believe. They said that uh, all along they had taken the government at its word. They had taken the Justice Department at its word when it says, we think this sensitive collection program that's secret is vitally important to America's national security interests. And they were just saying, that's fine, but the people still have a right to know in a broad sense what the law is, even if you don't have to tell them exactly what you're doing with it. Um, what they are now saying is that on the basis of the information they've been provided, it's not even clear to them that valuable intelligence is being produced by this program. So that would be sort of doubly disturbing that one, um, 
large amounts of potentially sensitive information, maybe sensitive location information, are being collected by the government, not necessarily just about people who are suspected of complicity in uh, terror or other anti-U.S. actions, um, but also that all this information is being gathered to no real purpose. You know, it's one thing to argue about the balance between liberty and privacy on the one hand and security on the other. Um, but again, it should not be too controversial that the government should not uh, invade people's privacy on a large scale when there is no actual security benefit. And at some level, it shouldn't be that surprising. You know, we know terrorism is a incredibly rare phenomenon and uh, tends to adapt over time given that terrorists are trying to avoid detection. So, um, you know, it's very appealing to think uh, if only we could apply, you know, the kind of data mining and analytic strategies that Amazon uses to figure out uh, what kind of books you might like uh, to detect suspicious people. Uh, it's, a, it's tempting to think that with all the data floating around out there, you could do that. Um, but it's not clear that that's actually possible, um, you know, except in, in very specific circumstances. Um, so it's not hard to believe that, uh, you know, lured by ambitious promises from the companies that develop, uh, you know, these sort of analytic tools, um, the government would hope to be able to pinpoint potential terrorists through large-scale data mining um, without actually having that bear fruit. And the fact that it's secret, that there isn't even an opportunity for public controversy about whether the surveillance is necessary means it's a lot less likely that someone's going to stop and say, hey, uh, do we really need this level of government data collection? Do we really need this level of invasion of privacy to keep us safe? Um, you know, or is this just a, a, you know, a boondoggle that invades privacy in the bargain? Nick Merrill, who's spoken at the Cato Institute, has, you know, he, he had uh, – Federal agents come to his place and say, look, we need all these records on uh, clients of yours, people who pay you money for the services that you're providing. Uh, it wasn't even clear to him that because he was under this a certain kind of warrant that he would even be allowed to speak to a lawyer about this, to assert his rights. So uh, he eventually was allowed to carry his, his lawsuit against the government forward, but uh, short of actually trying to get enough material together to uh, file a suit or litigate this issue in court, what what can be done? Right. I mean, so we have at least clarified now that the recipients of these secret orders, uh, which come with gag orders preventing the recipients from ever talking about them or even revealing that they exist, um, we've at least clarified that people do have a right to consult their attorneys about these uh, and attempt to object. The problem is that these orders are served in secret on third parties like internet service providers and mobile phone companies. Um, and so the question is, do they ever have an incentive to spend potentially large amounts of money fighting an order that if they don't fight it will never be disclosed um, when they're not even really given enough information to know if this is a case of overreach, if this is a case where, hey, maybe this is an inappropriate use of government surveillance power. You know, someone like Nick Merrill has said that in, in that particular case, because of the target, he thought that it was potentially an inappropriate use. But you know, most big corporations, um, you know, if it were a question of a public grab for information, might have an incentive to stand up for their customers and say, um, you know, we think you're going too far. We think this is too invasive. But when it's secret, um, you know, a responsible company um, is going to say, well, can we justify spending money? 
to protect privacy when we don't have enough information to know if this is abusive or appropriate um, and when it's, it's never going to come back to us if we err on the side of giving too much information. And we know um, from you know, internal audits that overwhelmingly companies overproduce, that they do err on the side of coughing up too much information because there's no incentive not to. Julian Sanchez is a research fellow at the Cato Institute. You can read more of his work at Cato.org.